Welcome to the Career Medis podcast. I'm your host, Nassar Ahmed. I'm the founder and editor of the blog, careermedis.com. And this is episode 35 of the podcast. And this episode is part of what I call a day in the life of series of interviews. So in each of these episodes, I, I conduct interviews with individuals from a particular career. And for today's episode, I'll be, I'm speaking with a music and nightlife marketer. And our guest's name is Louis Lavella. So Louis will be sharing his experience, how he got started in this profession, uh, where he stands today, some of the benefits, some of the challenges of the job and career itself, and also some advice for anyone getting into the field. So let's get started with the interview. So, hey, Louis, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me uh, on the show. And thanks to everybody out there taking some time to, to listen. This is great. It's, it's great to have you, and I'm, I'm excited to ask, learn more about your career. Not, I don't think it's uh, usual for someone to come across someone who is in your profession, music and nightlife marketer. People go to all these events, but they don't necessarily see what happens behind the scenes, what is involved. I'm excited particularly to learn more. <laughs> so why don't you start us off, Louis, uh, by, by a quick introduction of yourself. Great. Absolutely. Thanks, uh, everybody, again, for listening. My name is Louis Lavella. And, and like you mentioned, I'm a music and nightlife marketer. So what that means is I work in the entertainment industry, music specifically, to help produce and market right now large scale events like concerts and festivals. I also work with a lot of large nightclub venues around the world, you know, all over the United States, UK and Canada. Australia as well, some in Europe, and consult them on their events as well. And I also work with record labels and musicians trying to expose their music and their brand, do album launches and, and music single launches, things like that. So it's a pretty fun, a little bit of a, of a cool, wide uh, music uh, entertainment career for me. And it's been a fun ride. I've been doing it for 20 years since I was a teenager and started out as a nightclub promoter, quickly moved up into radio and television, right to where I am today, uh, a worldwide consultant and speaker. And it's, it's it's been really, really fun. That's great to hear, Louis. So uh, well, I'm very curious. How did you start becoming a, a nightlife or a music promoter, a marketer? So what was your, what is your story? How, how did you get here? Yeah, absolutely. So fun story. So way back when, <laughs> well, I was about 17, 18 years old. You know, everybody has that part-time job. You know, you work in grocery or retail, or maybe you're a bartender if you're old enough, you know, when you're in college, that kind of thing. So I, I had my part-time job really, um, apart from uh, something small in grocery, I also worked as a nightclub promoter. So I noticed on um, radio and the newspaper, a VIP card that got you into 10 different clubs in the area, Toronto, uh, Stony Creek, uh, Niagara Falls area. So I'm up in Canada and I'm like, oh, cool. You know, I'm not old enough to get into the bars here, but this is a great idea. You know, all ages clubs maybe are involved, things like that. But I wanted to get into the nightclub business because this is cool. People wanted to do bartending and maybe a bouncer if you're big enough and, and whatnot. But I thought, you know, I'm not really a bartender or a bouncer, but the business end, I, I have a good business sense. So this is great. So I contacted them, wanted to buy one, but also I wanted to know if they needed somebody to help sell the card. I thought it was pretty neat. I get to get in for free. Maybe I'll get to meet the owners, get some more perks. And they said, yeah, absolutely. So I met them and right away they, you know, love my personality. I jumped into their business within that first meeting. I said, you know, what if I knocked on some more doors, some more nightclub doors and got more nightclubs under this VIP card? They said, yeah, it's fantastic. We're very busy. If you can do that too, fantastic. So that's kind of where I started in the nightclub industry. I worked with them. I, I quickly, like within, as I was knocking on nightclub doors, I was able to forge relationships with nightclubs. 
And with that said, you know, just being a part of this VIP card was okay. It was a cool entry point, but I knew I wanted to help produce actual events, actually promote events. So right away within the first couple of weeks, I was starting to work with some of the hottest clubs in the region and working under some of the head promoters, quickly kind of building my own list and now taking over my own events from there. So that's how I got started really in, into this business. So sounds like something, one of those accidental careers, you just bumped into it, you saw this was a great fit, then you just forged ahead. Yeah, I mean, and it's been, you know, entertainment industry, as everybody knows, is a very, you know, cutthroat, shark infested kind of waters type of industry. And so you got to take shots. If there's something that you want to do and you think, man, this is going to be a fun career path or fun pivot, you really have to take shots. You, you have to just open doors yourself. Most of the time, doors are not open for you in the entertainment industry. It's just kind of made that way to have people quit, right? So it filters out just the final people that, that don't give up and make it. And so right from the beginning, I've kind of learned that I need to make my own doors beside it and maybe break those open instead. And that's kind of been the, a great mentor to go by through my entire career here, just build my own doors beside it. I think that's a great quote and it has a lot of meaning right there. So thanks for sharing that uh, quick uh, tidbit there. So the next question is, Louis, what does a day-to-day look like for someone doing what you're doing right now? What is a typical day? Absolutely. I mean, it, it could differ greatly depending on which client I'm working with and uh, sometimes much more busier than other days. But, a, you know, a typical day is, you know, uh, I'll get up in the morning, obviously not too early because I'm always up very late, just the way my body's now attuned to my sleep patterns. Say hi to the fam, have a quick breakfast, uh, get on social media right away, take a look at my own personal brand, see what's going on with engagement and start to take a look at my clients' brands as well, whether they're festivals, nightclubs, musicians, things like that. Keep an eye on what's been going on overnight and what's happening in the morning now. Then I'll start getting into looking at the advertising. I'm very heavily involved in the advertising aspect of all the digital brands, which is, you know, Facebook, Instagram ads, you know, taking a look at stats from Snapchat filters, that kind of idea. And then, uh, you know, might take a quick little break there and then come on back with some creative creating content. So, okay, what's going out in this week's posts? What content do I need? So do I need my designers to create some new content uh, for the upcoming days or if something, you know, happens overnight or, or today that's timely that I need to talk about? I create content over that. You know, I might be booking, I book like three or so podcasts a week now for myself, personal branding wise. So I may have a podcast scheduled as well that day and not every day, but either I'll get on a Skype call with clients or answer them via email and text message. Or if they're local, I'll be having a quick meeting with them as well, just in person. But for the most part, my clients are all over the world. Uh, I don't have too many in Canada, three clients actually in Canada, the rest are worldwide. So um, I have the luxury of taking my meetings via Skype, or they quickly chat with me via text or WhatsApp, which is fantastic. It's definitely on our own time and terms. And that makes a, a pretty cool lifestyle. And, you know, go through your dinners and your night times. If there's no meetings, when everybody's in bed, I'm watching YouTube keynotes and learning and watching webinars just to learn more things about internet marketing and what's new out there. And usually in my bed doing that and have my phone beside me also working on social media and making sure everything's going great and growing. And that's it, man. Probably hit the, you know, actually fall asleep around two or three in the morning. Wow. It sounds like never a dull day. There's always something going on. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and in some of those days get uh, way more exciting than others. Like like I mentioned, every day is different. And sometimes you're, you're talking with celebs. Sometimes uh, you actually have events upcoming. So you're on site and building a festival staging and just keeping an eye on what's going on there. Yeah. So, I mean, every day is definitely quite different and it's very exciting.
So, so one thing I wanted to segue from pattern of the interviews, you mentioned the word celebs and I went to your website. I saw something about Lady Gaga and you being yeah. one of the first few people to interview her. So I'm sure people are all of a sudden now there are more people interested in hearing about this. So tell me more about that piece on your website. I was on television for about, I think, seven or eight seasons, seven or eight years. Uh, music TV, kind of like an MTV uh, idea. So I was a producer, executive producer, and a host. So several several different shows, whether they're music video countdowns or interview shows or, or following events. And this particular uh, one right here with Lady Gaga, I was in Miami. I was covering the Winter Music Conference in Ultra. Uh, festival, which is a huge electronic dance music festival, and you know, interviewing a ton of celebrity DJs, you know, um, David Guetta, Dead Mouse, all those fun characters. And I was at a private uh, Pento Suite party. XM Radio was there having a party with Armani Exchange, and and I was there with my cameraman producer, and we were doing interviews. It was great, right? It was a very small, unique party. There's about eighty or seventy of us there you know, including the celebrities. So it was a great opportunity to interview. And so I was doing an interview and I was in between one just chatting with some PR people and somebody came up to myself and my producer and said, hey, I have this new girl that just got signed to Interscope, like literally a few weeks ago. And she's now here, she's releasing her music. And then of course, uh, she, we look forward to her exploding over the summer. And this was March. So a few months before she really exploded and um, they said, you know, we're trying to get as much PR as we can. We'd love to get her her first TV interview as Lady Gaga. Do you have time to do it? And I'm thinking, man, I got I think I had David Guetta interview lined up within like a half hour. I'm thinking, ah, we've done a bunch of new person interviews already. You know, we don't really have time. But I'm like, you know, I'm always here to, you know, I'd like to help and expose as much as I can. And I said, let's hear the songs. And it just dance, of course. And and Paparazzi were the songs she was about to release. And she was going to perform just her and her DJ kind of idea on the penthouse patio there uh, within the hour. So I'm like, oh, cool. Maybe we can get a little performance, too. Like, yeah, OK, let's do the interview. <laughs> so lucky I said yes, of course. Uh, hindsight now says, man, if you said no, that would have been a terrible story to tell. And yeah, we I sat down on the rooftop of the penthouse suite there. Did the interview with her. Fantastic person. Super smart. Lovely. She obviously exploded within uh, like two months after the interview was done. And our interview didn't actually air until the new season came out, which was September. So even though I got that first interview out uh, as Lady Gaga, she exploded. Obviously, her Interscope and their PR machine really did their job. And she has some great talent anyway. So uh, she was on her way up. But it was a fantastic interview to have had. So the moral of this story, I'm uh, this particular story, is you never know who you might bump into, and never know, <laughs> and it doesn't hurt to say yes. <laughs> yeah, because you do, you never know. It's it's great to when you're in your own industry to kind of have like for me for music, obviously having the ear and maybe some sort of uh, insight as to what could be big, perhaps, which is really you know that's something A and R reps, you know, the people who try and find new talent for the record labels try and have like who's going to be the next big thing. So even in my position, it was like this this actually might be someone who might explode. Just everything seems to line up, and she has the talent and the personality. So let's not say no. But yeah, absolutely. Keep your doors open is definitely a moral of the story. And, and you know, then things could happen. That's great. So going, going back to the interview questions now, Louis. So you sound very, very passionate about what you do. Are there a few things or maybe the top three things or, or, or that really excite you? Like some things that you really enjoy about what you do? 
I really love seeing something come to fruition, like a festival, you know what I mean? Or, or a, a big nightclub event or, or an artist getting some traction. It just feels so cool to be a part of something that, wow, this is huge that either it takes a team or it's all on my shoulders. Either of the two, it's just fun to be a part of something so sometimes so big, you know, like like festivals that has 25, 30,000 people perhaps. And you're sitting there and you might be on stage or in, in the crowd and you're just looking at thousands and thousands of people enjoying this thing. And you're like, I was one of three or four people that were integral to, to planning this and putting this together. It's, it's such a cool feeling to see everybody enjoy that. You know, it's just sharing that feeling, even being on podcasts or writing my book or speaking, I'm sharing information. And I, you know, for me, I'm not selling anything to anybody. I don't have a new book to sell or get my course now. It's just, it's cool to say, here's all the experiences I have. And here's some things that you could use. And it may not even be in music. It could just be your flower shop, but you might take some of these golden nuggets or an idea and use that to your advantage or to, to your, your career. And it's just so fun to see other people just maybe learn something and, and take it and run with it. That sounds great, uh, Louis. So the next thing I wanted to ask you, the flip side, right? Uh, every role I've interviewed, there there is always some things that are not as exciting. So let's say I call them challenges. So what are <laughs> some of the challenges one will face uh, in your job? <clears throat> yeah, in my career, I mean, being in entertainment industry, there's always a billion challenges, of course. It's very shark-infested waters. There's a lot of ego to work with, and not just the celebrities. I mean, it could just be you know, label owners. It could be nightclub owners, things like that. I think one of the biggest challenges I have is you know, as an example, and I don't have too many nightclub clients anymore. It's a lot of festivals and music, which is great. But, you know, you, you get some of those nightclub owners that, you know, desperately need need help. Maybe their nights aren't going so well. They're not doing social media very well. And they give me the call and say, hey, we have a great product. We need to do the proper marketing. We still do radio and flyering and it's just not working. And they get it. They know what they're doing is wrong. And they know social media is where their customers obviously are and they're not doing it properly. So they want help, which is great. And I sit down with them and we go over some things. We do some some little projects here and we start to do the ways that I've been doing it and building million dollar brands. And then the challenge comes when and it could just be generalizing, but the nightclub owner's ego steps in their own way. Right. They 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 know better. This is how it used to work, Louie. This is what I know about Facebook ads because I Googled it once. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it really, really get in their own way and it becomes a daily, you know, a debate on is what you're doing better than what I would do myself. What, you know, why really should I pay you? And to me, it's like, well, what you were doing wasn't working. So there's your answer there. And technically for me, I'm only one guy and you know, 90,000 of you out there. I don't have to work with you. It's okay. You can do what you want to do and that's fine. Then let's just cut ties. We're still buddies, you know, go your own way, hit boost. If you think that's all you need to do and go for it. And of course that doesn't work. And then, you know, I quickly get the email back saying, you know, I don't want to do this. It's too much work and it's not working well. And I'm, oh, really? <laughs> you don't, right? You don't want to do it. Well, you know, the, our relationship is now over. And that's just a challenge that I, I hit, you know, every so often. And it's something that obviously is I'm trying to help help as many people as I can succeed, right? It's it's to me, it's no competition. You know, they're not competing with me. They're they're a client and I don't take on, you know, let's say nightclubs in the same city. So I'm not competing with myself. So I really am genuinely trying to make them as much money as possible. And it, and it sometimes feels like, guys, why do I have to bang my head against the wall to make you a million dollars? Just, you know, let me show you what I know. You make your decisions and you already know the answers. Don't put your ego in your own way here. And that does happen often enough that becomes a challenge, right? But it's just part of the business, I think. Yeah, thanks for uh, being open about that. 
So Louis, now I want to switch gears. So someone listening to this so far, they they say, hmm, this sounds really interesting. Uh, this is, might be a career that I do want to pursue. So how does one go about becoming a music and nightlife marketer? Where do they get started? What is the process? So if we're going to talk about, let's say, nightlife and events, uh, so we'll keep music to the side for a second. We'll, we'll split them up into music being you want to either be a musician or help musicians and help record labels. So put that aside for one second. Let's go with the event side of it. You want to help nightclubs grow. You want to book your own events. You want to work with festivals. So uh, to me, the first thing you need to do is actually, you know, really get into the business. It's one thing to go party at a nightclub and then give, you know, guys like me your suggestions. That's that's consumer feedback and it's very important. But on the other side of that uh, line there, there's some extremely crazy things that go on and very intricate details you need to know on running events. So I would, you know, literally pull the intern kind of move in and want to volunteer for the nightclub owner or the festival or work with a sub, you know, a, a promoter, be a sub promoter. I'm going to bring my 10 or 20 friends in every week because I'm in college right now. So can I work with you? Don't have to pay me, you know, for the first few months, just, I want to bring people and everybody's very receptive to more bodies in their venue. So if you're somebody that's, you know, cool, easy going, and you just want to learn, you're going to have some success. But when you're doing that, you really need to pay attention to how things work, you know, how, Everything at a nightclub, for example, from the doorman all the way up to the bartenders and the DJ and, and how the promoters and hosts work. You need to really realize the different uh, parts to that that moving machine so that you can take over eventually or create your own event somewhere else and understand that. You have to really manage people very well. You know, you're building a list of, of consumers, but you're also building a list of industry contacts. You know, and as you grow, you need stronger in industry context. If you're going to start booking Lil John, LMFAO, Lady Gaga's, you need to have relationships with those agencies. You know, it's one thing where the venue is a beautiful venue, but, you know, agents a lot of times want to know who's the promoter because those are the people who are our point guy and are going to take care of our artists. You're going to make sure that, you know, somebody's there to pick them up when the flight lands and they're going to have their meals like they said they wanted in their rider. And even though the venue is beautiful, is, is the technical rider done properly. That promoter is that head person that takes care of all of that. So uh, many, many times agencies and, and talent management want to book with the promoter, sometimes more than the venue. You know, I've seen beautiful venue not get the artist and sort of a, you know, a half venue that maybe isn't as beautiful because the promoter was there. They got the artist instead because they trusted the promoter. So it's, it's a trust game and you definitely have to learn as much as you can so I would jump into just volunteering and interning with, you know, a head promoter or something like that. So and, and same with the music side. If you're a musician or want to be a record label or want to help record labels, again, you need to understand, you know, where's your piece in the machine? Are you a marketer? So are you going to learn Facebook marketing and how to get their songs played on Spotify or distributed and on the radio? You got to learn that So do a lot of research and then literally volunteer or get some slow musicians or, or up and comers that are, are nobodies. And start to work with them for free, get some things under your belt so you learn at the same time, right? And there's something to be said about that free work. It's like you, you know, going to, you can't really, I mean, music business in college, they only teach so much. When you're in there doing it yourself, then that's when the real stuff happens and you really learn very quickly what works and what doesn't. And just a follow-up question to that. For this career, is there any type of certifications or degrees or courses that someone needs? No, I mean, yeah, I think in everything entertainment industry, you can always go to school for, like I mentioned, music business, marketing, you know, 101 and all those. Right. But you need to be an entrepreneur. You know, you need to know 
because things change so fast. So anybody that's come out of school, even in the last couple of years for music business or marketing, they may not have the full in-depth knowledge of, for example, uh, you know, intricate Facebook advertising. You may have some very basic knowledge, something that you could Google. Now, there's nothing wrong with going to school. So you get your mindset into a business mindset. You learn a lot of the basics and a little bit of advanced stuff on how things work. You know, you may want to take courses or go to school for music royalties. That's a very complicated, intricate piece of that pie, how royalties are split up and how mechanical rights and sync rights work. You know, can you learn that on your own? Absolutely. Can you learn that by being an intern? Absolutely. Can you learn it in school? Absolutely. So, you know, it depends on your path and how you learn. Do you want to take two to four years to learn that, but then, you know, jump into a record label? Sure, that is a path to get in. Sometimes you get hired out of school. But for the most part, if somebody says, well, I, I went to school for kinesiology and I don't want to go back to school, can I pivot my career? You sure can. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. You just have to be good at it, though, and learn it. So you need to get in, read books, get on YouTube, get on Facebook, test it, work with some musicians and some small clubs to get it under your belt. So you do not absolutely need a certification to go to school for it whatsoever in this industry. Does it help? Sometimes. And sometimes it wastes your time. So it really depends on you. Okay, that, that makes perfect sense. So once someone gets started, Louis, is there uh, like an ideal career path or where they can be in five to 10 years? Yeah, like I mean, an, an actual uh, timeline. I think everybody's a little bit different depending on your hustle. And you know, there's also the story of that career basement DJ or garage band that never makes it, but they're still fantastic at what they do. Uh, same with that small record label that I've seen 20 years later, still a tiny record label in their in their own home and not really making much money. And it, I think it comes down to your hustle. This industry is shark infested. It is very, uh, very tough to, to cut through, but you need that hustle mentality, right? So I've been doing this for 20 years, but I very quickly, I was promoting massive nightclubs. Um, I wasn't even legally able to get into the nightclubs. You know, in Canada, as you know, 19 in Ontario is the legal drinking age. And at 17, 18, I was already starting to throw my my own events. So, but I hustled like crazy and I was very personable, which is huge in this industry. I was able to forge relationships fast. So, you know, at a young age, I kind of figured that out for myself. So now I'm here, I'm a speaker and an author and, and a global marketer. And uh, that's 20 years later, I'm still in my 30s. And, you know, is that is that a quick move. I mean, I did national TV. Yeah, I think it was pretty fast, but maybe people can do it faster than me. And other people who don't have that hustle will do it slower than me. So I think that's the timeline people need to consider. You know, how much drive and hustle do you have? Do you stay up till three in the morning and get up at eight? You know, do you, yeah, it depends. It depends on who you are and how quick you can make those phone calls and break open those doors. Like I mentioned earlier, it's, it's, you know, you want to get on television. Well, how do you get in? You know, it's very locked down to, we have our people and there's other people who are laid off that need jobs too. How do you get in? So you need to make relationships. You need to make phone calls, get on Twitter, you know, schmooze with the right people, get to the networking events and just be that person that people want to work with. A lot of people buy into people more than ideas. And I think that happens in a lot of industries. It's similar here. Thanks for being totally honest and transparent. I think there's something people need to hear, right? I think the common element in the last answer was the word hustle. To get to where you are today, it takes a lot of effort, a lot of risk, a lot of hard work. Just thanks for being honest. The one question I do want to ask, technology is affecting every business. When I think of events, I'm thinking of now virtual reality. I'm thinking of live streaming. So this is more of an industry question, Louis. So what do you think new trends in technology, would they have an impact on your industry or would there not be? And if so, how? 
Yeah, I mean, I obviously technology in the marketing sense has been fantastic for someone who knows how to use it very well. You know, it's a little bit more involved. Like I mentioned the word hustle before, you know, back in the day, a nightclub or uh, an event can just write a check to radio for the most part uh, to generalize and, and make it sound easy. The radio station producers created this ad for you. You gave them a couple of points. They did the ad and then it ran. And then people came, right? So it was a lot easier. Nowadays with social media and using that technology, uh, as we all know now, I think we all get it, there's a little bit more time involved because you have more of a two-way conversation on several platforms, but this is the new way to do business uh, and new way to do marketing. And it's working very well. Myself, my B2B is 100% done on social media. That's how I get my clients and interact. And all of my clients really have changed over and eliminated pretty much all of the old ways of doing marketing, especially because their consumers are Generation Z and millennial. Most of them cut out radio flyers, promoters as well. And they're also 100% digital and social media. So that today is obviously what's happening. So for the future, you know, I, I, I have been using and can see 360 video and virtual reality being a part of the experience. You know, as an example, in our festival next year, I'm looking forward to having a sponsored area where you can get you know, the let's say it is as an example, um, you know, the, the VR glasses and there's a two minute clip of a 360 video from the stage. You know, you get to see the 30,000 people in front of you, the DJ right beside you. And we we shoot that couple minute clip. But when you're on the ground, you can experience that by, you know, getting into the booth and putting these VR glasses on and just experiencing what it's like to be on stage, which is kind of cool. Right. Something many people don't get to have. And so that VR technology is something I like to use. Same with 360 imagery or videos as advertising. It's it's catchy and it looks great. You know, all that kind of stuff is what's coming up. And I think people like to experiment with it. You know, even, even augmented reality. I would love to have uh, some augmented reality in a club where you walk in and you put on these glasses and, and there's things that pop out now, not just the cool visuals and the band playing, but there's, there's more. There's more of a, a 3D look, right? And I think that's really cool. You know, to me, what's different from the past 30 years in a nightclub? You know, you have your stage, your DJ, your band, your bar on the right over there or the left and the doorman at the front. It's it's the same thing. You may have different visuals and it looks cool, but it's the same concept, right? There's nothing new technically. And then a lot of these venues wonder why the kids nowadays want to go to the pizza place or stay home and watch Netflix or play Xbox instead, right? They're looking for different experiences. They don't go out to the nightclub four times a week. They may go out once a week or once every two weeks, right? Because really, they're not offering anything new other than an old 80s concept when you think about it, right? So putting these new technologies in could be something that allows people to say, wow, that's different. I'll try it. And if they like it, then you've got a hit there. If they don't, you test and move on, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, it does It does make sense. I mean, uh, sometimes you find that the disruption comes slow. Sometimes it comes very fast. One thing, the key thing that you mentioned is no matter what happens, if you can learn to leverage it, you need to learn to use it for your for your benefit. So that's what you have done. So that, that's that's a very good insight. So the last question, Louis, is uh, what advice or is there a single piece of advice you would give to someone who wants to get into this field? I know you've shared a lot of things here, but mm -hmm. if there is one thing that you want to drive into them, what would that be? 
I would say, you know, what you already mentioned the hustle, right? And to break your own doors, which is pretty obvious in many industries, but especially entertainment. But the one thing I'd love for people to just remember is to celebrate the small wins, right? You know, everybody has the aspirations to be on the major record label and to be touring, you know, in stadiums or, you know, running their own massive festival. But, you know, that that could be an end goal, right? And if you don't hit that in one year, five years, 10 years, it's okay, but not to be frustrated because the industry is really built to frustrate you and put roadblocks so that only the best of the best make it so celebrate those small wins you know what i mean when you you know everything from i put out this post on facebook and i got a hundred you know views on the video and that's that's something small that gets me towards my goal you know be consistent every day don't just give up after two weeks and it's like well i guess this isn't working i don't have a major label deal and i have two great tracks that i put out and eight people listen to it that sucked and i'm out you know your music might be fantastic but there's so much noise out there. You need to be consistent every day. You need to create a strategy in your head, right? You have to know I'm not going to just drop my track on Facebook and magically it's going to be picked up. Create a strategy. Do a couple of posts leading up to it. Maybe throw some dollars in ads to get the right target audience, right? Be consistent and putting it out there. And, you know, and, and that's going to help. And then be happy with, wow, I got a few hundred people viewing my my music or my event you know i got 50 people in my small nightclub event i did this saturday so at a festival it's a small win celebrate those small wins so you can be happy on the journey as well and that, that's something you really need to to think about otherwise you can be very unhappy until you reach that goal at the end if you get there yeah absolutely that uh, thanks for sharing that insight louis it is a great pleasure to have you on the podcast you sound like you have a very passionate exciting career i'm sure people listening to this have picked up some great insights uh, for getting into your career. So thank you very much. And thank you for having me and, and having this podcast. And again, thanks to everybody out there listening. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, folks, for listening to this episode of the Career Medis podcast. I have written a brief summary of this interview as part of a blog post on careermedis.com. If you liked what you heard, feel free to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. And for more content, ideas, tips, resources, go to careermedis.com. If you enjoyed this episode and also learned something new, feel free to post a comment or review. And if you really loved it, definitely go ahead and share the episode on your social media feeds and amongst your network. Until next time, this is Nisar Ahmed, your host for the Career Medis podcast. Thank you.